Now listen, I don't want to preach a long time today. I am tired. And I've got a long day ahead of me. So if you guys will help me out, we will get a con Donna, you're just now starting to come back. Don't make me regret it. Uh, no. <laughs> but I'm telling you, we're talking about gratitude. I'm convinced this country needs a revival of gratitude. We need a revival of gratitude. Let's do a quick survey here. Participation required. Please participate. These are not hard questions. But who in here, you have a house that you live in, a roof over your head? Yeah. Okay. Who in here, how many people have more than one TV in their home? Yep. All right. How, who, who has AC for the hot days, heat for the cold days? Absolutely. Who has a car, a vehicle, car, truck, motorcycle, bicycle? How many ride that bicycle? Uh, never, let's move on. Um, who has had food to eat this past week? Absolutely. Uh, who has the ability to choose if and when they want to go to church? Yeah. So now, listen, I know some of you younger people. Grow, growing up, my dad was like this. It don't matter how old you are. If you're under my roof, you don't have a choice. You're going to church. Man, I wish we'd get back to those days. Anyway, I, that, that's for another day. Let's move on. Uh, who woke up alive this morning? A couple of dead people. Okay. Which that's just impressive that you're dead and able to get here. Um, let me ask you, who in here God has been faithful to you? Who in here, God, at some point, God has moved in your life and, and worked out something? How many here, God has delivered you or set you free from something? How many here, God has shown you more favor and grace than you deserve? Absolutely. I say that to say this. We are a blessed people. Come on. Amen. Were we blessed? Yes. We are also some of the most complaining, whiniest people also. Come on. By nature, we're not grateful people. I mean, can we be honest? By nature, we're not. Uh, by nature, we want something other than what we already have. We want a bigger TV, a better boat, nicer car, newer clothes, bigger house, the newest iPhone. That will not be new a month from now. I mean, let's take our holo, halos off for a minute and recognize by nature, we can be very selfish and ungrateful people. Happy Palm Sunday. Um, listen, I want 2023. I want to end this year where Watts Bar Community Church has seen such a revival of gratitude that breaks out in here and then boils over to our communities, our work environments, our schools, our neighborhoods, where we're grateful, we're grateful for what we have. Here's the thing about gratitude. Gratitude has a way of making you more thankful for what you have. Gratitude has a way of making us more encouraging to people in our lives. Gratitude has, has a way of making us more generous. 
Not just with our money, but with our time, our abilities, our talents. Here's what William Ward said. Gratitude can transform common days into thanksgiving, turn routine jobs into joy, and change ordinary opportunities into blessings. Gratitude. Gratitude. We are in desperate need of a gratitude revival. We are. Whether you realize it or not, we need gratitude revived, a rekindling of it. Turn with, if you got a Bible, to Luke 17, whether you got a, your app on your, on your phone or, or a uh, or, um, physical Bible. Thank you. I'm telling you, I've been going since 4.30 this morning. I am tired. And uh, I told Bob, I said, listen, I'm going to go take a nap in between services. If I'm not out there by the third song, come knock on the door. Wake me up. So, But uh, in, in Luke 17, Jesus is talking with his disciples. He's teaching them about forgiveness. He's teaching them about faith. It's where Jesus talks about having the faith of a mustard seed. Anybody remember that story? Familiar with it. And he talks, he said, that's all you need is just that little amount of faith. Well, Jesus then begins to head toward Jerusalem. And that's where we're jumping in today. Luke chapter 17, starting with verse 11. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Uh, some translations say they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Uh, when you look at the original translation, it means show compassion to us, uh, uh, to help one that's been afflicted. These guys, to say these men were desperate would be an understatement. This is a desperate cry saying, Jesus, have mercy, ha have compassion on us. Well, why do you say that? Because these 10 men, we don't know how long they've been diagnosed with leprosy, whether it's six months, whether it's a year, whether it's 10 years, however long. But we do know this for all of them. It didn't matter. The moment they were told, you've got leprosy, life as they knew it, over, over. If they had a, 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 if they had a spouse, if they had kids, if they had a business, it was over. If they were people of influence and were respected in the community, life was over as they knew it because now they were deemed untouchable to, to the point where everywhere they went, if they were going down the road and they saw a group of people up ahead of them, before they got too close, they had, it, they, it was required of them to yell out, unclean, unclean, to let people know some people that we don't want near us it's coming our direction. Let's watch out and keep away from them. And the people wanted nothing to do with them because they knew, hey, if we got this disease, our life's over too. It, it was almost like, uh, do you remember when we were in the heat of COVID? I mean, all you had to do was cough. <laughs> it didn't matter if some got a tickle in your throat. Oh, I'm clean, I'm clean. It's like double up on the mask. Come on, do something. But that's what it was. They lived a life full of rejection. No physical contact. 
No hugs from the people they love. No more going to your kids' birthday parties, graduation. No more hugging your grandkids. Come on. Their only friends were other lepers. That's it. So to say they were desperate, again, that would be an understatement. And here they are in the middle of nowhere. They're walking along, and they see someone approaching, a man. I don't know how they knew it was Jesus, but somehow they knew it was Jesus. I, I don't know if uh, before they would got diagnosed with leprosy, if, if maybe they were out and had heard his teaching. I don't know if someone had told them about this man that is doing all these miracles, uh, that they had heard the rumors that, hey, there's this guy named Jesus that doesn't mind being around the untouchable, that just because you've been called untouchable, Jesus still will draw you in. I don't know how, but whatever it was, they recognized him because when they saw him, they didn't do their normal unclean, unclean. They said, Jesus. Master, have mercy on us. And I love Jesus' response to these desperate guys. Look, look at this. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus, son of death, or not different story. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Jesus doesn't go, well, hello, guys. How y'all doing? Have y'all been living all right? None of that. Hey, guys, uh, what, what brought this sickness upon you? What sin in your life caused you to have leprosy? None of that. No, hey, guys, tell you what, if I heal you, will you promise not to go back and do the stupid stuff that you've been doing? None of that. It just says, he said, hey, guys, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were what? Cleansed. Doesn't say they were healed. See, I'm convinced a lot of times we want God to do a healing in us when He is so much interested. He's more interested in doing something deeper than just heal. While we want the outside disease healed, He's more concerned with the inward disease. And it says, as they left, they were cleansed. See, that the word there, the Greek word there for, for cleanse means this to make clean. To free from defilement of sin and faults. To free from the guilt of sin. To purify. Yes, Jesus wants to heal them. But he wants something deeper. Because I'm going to tell you, God can heal you. But if something doesn't change inside you, you'll find yourself in the same mess that you needed healing from in the first place. Are you hearing me? Look at verse 15. One of them, how many were there? Ten. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice, threw himself at Jesus' feet, thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Again, how many lepers were there? How many got cleansed? How many got their lives back? How many were able to go back to their families? All ten of them, right? Jesus knew how many had healed. He knew how many had cleansed. Yet only the Samaritan come back with gratitude. So Jesus asked the Samaritan a question, verse 17. Hey, were not all ten of you cleansed? Where are the other nine at? Has nobody returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? 
Ten lives transformed. Ten lives go from no hope of a normal life to getting their hope back. Ten lives cry out to Jesus for mercy, and ten lives get cleansed. Yet only one returns with gratitude. See, here's my prayer as your pastor. That if there's only one that returns with gratitude, I want to be the one. My prayer for this church, this body, if at work there is only one person that is showing gratitude for the job they have, I want to be the one. If there's only one person at school that's showing gratitude for that teacher and being able to get an education, I want us to be the one. Are you hearing me? I want to be the one. I don't want Jesus to say, well, didn't I do it for, why is only one coming back? Why is there only one? So how do we do that? How do we get this mindset of gratitude? How do we revive gratitude? I, I want to give you three ways, three mindsets that will help us become people of gratitude. If you're taking notes, this. we got to get this mindset. I know that every good thing I have is from God. I know every good thing I have is from God. Kelly? I work for this. I earn money to get, I pay for this with my own money. That's fine and I get that. But I think you better recognize the fact that the only reason you have a mind or that skill or able to do that work is because God gave you a gift to do it. Look at what James says, James 1.17. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good gift comes from God. Where does every good gift come from? God. The message says it like this. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. We've got to get that mindset, church, that every good thing I have is because of God. You may have worked for it. You may have earned it. You may have even been a good steward of your money to enable you to get it. But you need to understand that every place you succeeded is because God gave you the ability to succeed there. I mean, you, you look at throughout the Bible. We see God gives people gifts to help them succeed. You, you got Noah. God gave Noah a plan for the ark and then the ability to build it and save his family. God gave David a stone, and with that stone, the ability to know how to use a sling to kill the giant. God gave the wise men a star to lead them. He gave us the Savior of the world wrapped in a blanket. God gave us Holy Spirit uh, to, to, to comfort us, convict us, guide us, counsel us. And God gave his word to direct us. Every good thing I have is because of God. I'm telling you guys. Don't be so arrogant to think that you do anything without God giving you the ability to do it. When we get this inside of us, it changes us from having this attitude of entitlement to an attitude of gratitude. Every good thing we have is from God. Come on, in fact, re repeat this after me, and y'all know how it goes. Either we can do this three times or one really good time. Just say this. 
I know. Let's see. I didn't feel it. I, I, I got to feel it. I know. Every good thing I have is from God. Get that in you. Get that in you. The second truth. I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. Can I tell you, there's nothing wrong with wanting stuff. There's nothing wrong with wanting a better job, a better car, a nicer house, nicer clothes. Nothing wrong with one of those things. There's some things I would like to have. I'd like to have a house on the lake, overlooking the lake, where I can get up early in the morning, go sit on my back porch, drink some coffee, and then say, why would anybody in the right mind get up this early in the morning in this kind of weather and go out there fishing? I'd love to have a lake, house on the lake where I can look at that. I would love to have me a brand new Indian Roadmaster Dark Horse Elite. I'd love it. I would love it. I'd love to have those things. But I'm not about to allow a want of mine to rob me from the nice house, the house I've got right now that I love and being able to enjoy it. I'm not going to allow me wanting a new Indian motorcycle to rob me from being able to enjoy my 2008 Harley. Are you hearing me? I'm not going to allow me wanting another vehicle to keep me from enjoying my Jeep Wrangler that has 250,000 miles on it. There's nothing wrong with wanting those things. But do not allow those wants to rob you of what you have right now. Uh, Tiffany talked about this, and but most of you have been around here. You know Denise has been dealing with some health things. And, and, and we've been watching God do a, uh, a miracle and a healing in her life slowly. I, me, I would rather have it fast. I would rather, bam, she's healed. Let's go. Good to go. Let's do it. But I said that to say this. We were at this, week, this weekend, we were at her son Zion's wedding. And uh, that's why I was, I, we got up at 4.30, left Georgia to get back here. Um, but if I heard Denise say this once this weekend, I heard her say it a thousand times. God, I am so thankful that I'm able to be at my son's wedding. God, I am so thankful that I have energy to be here. God, I am so thankful that I get to do that mother-son dance. God, I'm so thankful. God, I'm so thankful I get to get out here on the dance floor with my husband, even though he embarrasses me at times. God, I'm so thankful that I get to enjoy my grandkids. Here's what I'm saying. Would we like an instantaneous healing? Absolutely. But she refused to allow what was going on inside her to rob her of the beauty that was happening right now. So many of us, we miss the beauty of what God's doing right here because all we can see is what we want. We can't see what God is doing. Man, we witnessed this incredible, quirky, weird wedding ceremony. That was my son to a T. It was beautiful, but it was quirky. I heard a story about a house that I don't really need to hear again. Not for, let's move on. 
I'm just thankful if anybody tells there was not a basement to this house because we went through every room. Uh, I'll say that. <laughs> but she did not allow what she wanted, complete healing, to rob her of the beauty of the moment. Look what the writer of Ecclesiastes says. Enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. It's better to embrace what God has given you than to always be wanting something more or different. I'm telling you, if we can get this attitude of gratitude inside us, here's what we'll find. That gratitude turns whatever we have into enough. Gratitude. Gratitude. Here's the truth, guys. It's not happy people who are grateful. It's grateful people that are happy. See, here's the thing. The normal person that attends Watts of our community church, you've not been without a meal this week. Let's be honest. You've, you've, you've ate whenever you, you were hungry. You had a bed to sleep in for the, the average person in here. Uh, the average person here has more than one pair of shoes. We are so stinking blessed, guys. Compared to other parts of this world, we are blessed. Get this, if you make minimum wage, if you make minimum wage right now, you're making about 32 times the average wage of half, of, half the people alive around the world today. And yet we're wanting more and more and more and more. I am a firm believer that every person should go on a, a, a mission trip to a third world country. I, I tell you, we used to take our young people uh, to every year. We'd, we would land in Guadalajara, jump on a bus, an unair conditioned bus, and drive three hours up into the mountains. And when you get up there, you see people that it seems like they have nothing but are some of the most grateful, happy people. It seems like they've got something we don't. Why is that? Because they've learned to be grateful with what they have and not allow what they don't have to rob them of what they do have. Paul said this in Philippians 4. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty, to have a lot. And I've learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether I'm well fed or whether I'm going hungry, whether I'm living in plenty or if I'm living in want. What's the secret, Paul? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. See, here's the reality Paul discovered. He got to a place where Jesus was all he had. And when Jesus became all he had, he discovered Jesus was all he needed. See, I, 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 don't, I don't know if until you get to a place where Jesus is all you have, I don't know if you'll ever discover that he's all you need until you're at a place where he's all I got. But I'm telling you, when you get to that place that Paul did, you come to the realization that whether you have a lot or whether you have very little, at the end of the day, Jesus is all that really matters. Guys, as Christians, I'm telling you, we should not have the same entitled mindset that the world has. 
Are you, are you hearing me? As followers of Jesus, it should embarrass us to have this entitled, what I, it's owed to me. I deserve it. I, I, I. It seems like more and more people today want stuff to be given to them without them doing anything to earn it. Man, that just gets on my nerves. I'm trying to say a nice way to say it. Entitlement. Instead of being thankful for what you got. Griping about a job that pays $10, $15 an hour instead of saying, God, I thank you for this job. And I'm going to be grateful in this job until you give me something better. Come on. Griping about a car that, that, that gets you back and forth to work when you should be saying, God, you know what? It ain't much to look at. But, man, I am thankful that I've got a way that gets me back and forth. And I'm going to thank you for what I've got and not allow it to rob me of what I, come on, what I don't have. Third and final thing, because I can tell that one over really well. Third mindset, I will turn every blessing into praise, even the smallest blessing. I'm talking about if I'm going through dating, and I don't catch that first red light. That means I will not catch the rest of the red lights. I'm going to be driving like this. Ooh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to turn the smallest blessing into praise. Come on. If you don't understand that, you've not been through dating. You catch one red light, God knows we need about three more red lights down there. But even the smallest thing. Anybody remember when you used, uh, when I was little, you, or anybody remember uh, pay phones? Anybody click the little change thing and hope a few quarters drop out? I'm talking about, whoa, praise the Lord. Every, even the smallest blessings, I'm going to turn them back into praise as a form of worship. Guys, it doesn't have to be some miraculous thing for us to turn it into praise. Hey, I went to the dentist today. I didn't have any cavities. Praise God. I only had three cavities. Praise God. I'm telling you, you can turn. It's how you see it. It's how you see things. Look at what David said in Psalm 63, 4 and 5. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer, because you satisfy me more than the richest feast, and I will praise you with songs of joy. I love the way the message paraphrased this. Because it lets me know the writer of this Psalms, or, or uh, Peterson, the guy that wrote that paraphrase for the message, he's got to be Southern, the way he paraphrases it. Look, look at this, how he paraphrased this scripture. Here I am in the place of worship, eyes open, drinking in your strength and glory. Oh, man. Anybody needing strength? I didn't do this first. Come on, anybody needing strength? Anybody need a drink in his strength? Come on, let's just stop right here. Just close your eyes and raise your hand. God, I drink in your strength and your glory. Come on, drink it in. God, I know this, this may sound foolish, look foolish, but I'm just going to drink because I need strength. It's been a long week, God. I need strength. 
I need strength, Lord, in my life. Amen. Amen. Put your hands. I'm telling you, drink it in. And, and, and he goes on and says, in your generous love, I am really living at last. My lips brand praises like fountains. I bless you every time I take a breath. Come on. Every time I take a breath. Uh, it's, uh, my arms wave like banners of praise to you. You know what that means he's doing? Banners are not here. That's T-Rex arms. T-Rex can't praise without banners. No, he says, they're up here. I'm praising you. I'm praising you. And then here's where it gets really southern. I eat my fill of prime rib and gravy. Oh, hallelujah. Let's go. <laughs> Come on now. I smack my lips. It's time to shout praises. Get this. If I'm sleepless at midnight, I spend the hours in grateful reflection. You know what he's saying? Hey, if I find myself, I can't sleep. If I find myself wide awake, I don't get up and scroll the internet. I don't get up and start looking through people's social media page or TikTok. I don't get up and start binging Netflix. No, what I do when I can't sleep, I remind, I reflect on the goodness of God in my life. Why? Because you've always stood up for me. I'm free to run and play. I hold on to you for dear life, and you hold me steady as a post. David's saying, God, I'm as hungry for your presence as I am for prime rib. I'm as hungry for your presence as I am for food. I'm hungry. Because you're the one who always stood up for me. It seemed like nobody else stood up for me. You stood up for me. When I was shaky and I didn't know what to do, you held me steady. Look at Psalms 103. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. May I never forget. Guys, we, we're forgetful people. And I don't know about you. I, can't, I can only speak for Kelly. But maybe you've been good your whole life. And you don't have a lot that you need to forgive him for. That's not my story. That's not my story. There have been waves upon waves of sin that he has forgiven me for time and time again. And when I'm feeling like I don't have this or don't have that, I remember the good things he has done for me. He has forgiven me all my sins, and he heals all my diseases. And he goes on. He redeems me from death, crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like eagles. Well, that was just sad. I don't know about you. I want my youth renewed like eagles. Come on. I, I don't want to fade away. I tell you, I want to, I, if anything, I want to burn out. I want to be going so hard. I, I want to be 
maybe one day I'll be up here preaching and I'm really old. 9,800, that's, that's long enough. I think I'm just tired of y'all by then. Uh, but, <laughs> man, y'all are a rough crowd. And maybe I'm preaching, and then at the end of it, I just fall over dead. Praise the Lord. Hey, let's have a party. I don't want to go out just halfway doing stuff. I want my strength to be renewed. I want when I get up in the morning, if I'm tired, God, I'm going to raise my hand because you renew my strength. Strengthen me. Strengthen me. If I'm going about my day, strengthen me. Strengthen me. These are the promises of God. Are you hearing me? God fills my life with good things. Therefore, I'm not going to wait to be happy or wait to be grateful until I'm happy. No, I'm going to be grateful right now with what I have. Tell me, gratitude should overflow from the relationship we have with God. Everything, everything. God, I thank you for my family, even the ones that drive me crazy. Come on. God, I thank you for my friends. God, I thank you for, for, for my health. Maybe my health is not as good as I want it, but I'm thanking you right now for what I've got. Come on, somebody. God, I thank you for my church and my church family. God, I thank you that there's a roof over my head, that I've got a bed that I can sleep in. God, I'm thankful for that, I, that I've got food that I get to eat. God, I'm thankful that you're faithful when I'm unfaithful. God, I think you love me when I'm unlovable. God, I'm thankful that your grace rains down on me. Come on, am I talking to the right people today? Or have y'all all got your stuff together? Listen, I pastor a Pentecostal church for a reason. If I want to pastor a Methodist church where nobody talk back to me, that's what I do. But I'm talking to people that I know your lives. It ought to be full of gratitude. It ought to be, you know what, a year ago, I was knee deep in an addiction, and God set me free. You can't shut me up. That's the way you ought to be. Hey, a year ago, man, I was not healthy. I was struggling, and I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Hey, a year ago, my marriage was on the brink. I thought it was over, but praise God, look at it now. Come on, people. Jonathan Edwards said this. I think we need to realize this. You contribute nothing to your salvation except the sin that made it necessary. You didn't earn your salvation. The only thing you did for your salvation is you, you uh, the, the sin that made it necessary for Jesus to come. I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to be grateful. It, you can be grateful or you can be better. I choose to be grateful.